Well, I think it was Rita who said, who's zooming who? Well, for us these days, it's who's Byron suing now? So who's suing who? We'll talk about that. We tangle again with the viability of next-gen TV and in what can only be described as just a normal day for digital advertising, another reported case of bad data. Good morning. <laughs> We're back with another edition of Media Insultant. Our opinions, comments, and ideas. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver, and in sunny Southern California, there's Keith Sims. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Jackson. Boy, has it been sunny. It's been a great week. Good for you. Working on your tan. It's been raining here in Seattle. So, you know, give some and take some. Hey, we do this each Tuesday and now Friday. So today we'd like to welcome you to the Friday episode of Media Insultant. So a reminder of simpler days, Keith, over the weekend I saw an ad for an Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. I don't know if you remember those. Those were the station wagons that they had an added roof in uh, sections in the back of the car. And uh, they did them in the late 60s, early 70s. And one of the things they bragged about was having a Reverbatone rear radio speaker. (laughs) A Reverbatone. So the you know you know the zombies and maybe Neil Diamond would have sounded really good on a reverbatone. Do you ever have a reverbatone <laughs> in any of your cars, Keith? <laughs> no, I was lucky enough to have two speakers in my MGB GT. That's right. Um, I think we might have had we might have had four speakers in the Mustang, but uh, yeah, that was about it. You know, it was a. Uh, this, you know, those were Spartan, but, but these Vista cruisers, were those, those station wagons where the roof was lifted up and, and carried all the way back? Is that what you're talking about? That's it. And then they had a glass partition at the top. It kind of looked like a scenic cruiser yeah, on you, a Greyhound. They were great. Yeah, you know they who were... had one of those? No. You, you know who had one of those Vista cruisers? Was an old actor that some of us might remember, John Wayne. The Duke drove one of those Vista cruisers because... He was so tall, he needed the extra space as he drove it. And the reason I know that is that one summer I worked as a toll collector on the Balboa Island Ferry that goes from Balboa Island to the Newport Peninsula and back. It's about a five-minute cruise, so it's not exactly the trip to Bainbridge, okay? <laughs> and uh, But still, the Duke would pull on with the kids in the back and Pilar's wife, you know, in the passenger seat. And I'd walk, and you could tell who it was, because he had the only Vista Cruiser in Newport Beach then. And and I knew he was coming on, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd come around the window to take the toll, which was probably a couple of bucks, not even. And I'd say, the ride's on me, Mr. Wayne. Have a great trip. It's yeah. Probably saved him about a buck twenty-five. But hey, I comped the Duke. You comped so the Duke. All right. In a Vista Cruiser. There you go. <laughs> Well, you know, there are a lot it's of... a great int- job, by the way. <laughs> it sounded like a real good job. You know, the Duke was one of the interesting people in showbiz and uh, one of the interesting people in the TV business these days in a business that has a lot less interesting people than it had 30 years ago is Byron Allen of Allen Media. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this because recently he sued McDonald's for not spending enough money with minority-owned media. Right. And he's back at it again, now litigating again as uh, he's kind of uh, killing the messenger here. He's suing Nielsen. What, what, what is this right. all about? Yeah. Why would you sue Nielsen? Well, he's claiming that Nielsen misled him and his executives at his networks that he has because 
apparently they 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 promised Byron that the panel the the people that they have with their meters on in their homes uh, was sig- significant enough of a size that it would capture viewership of his small you know cable networks. Well, what cable no, networks I mean, does Weather he have? Let's, and he's, let's clarify that he has the Weather Channel. What else? He does. He does. He has a TV uh, called View It. I think it View It is his. What else yep. has he got yep. uh, for networks? I, I you, you you got me. I've never heard of them. Yeah. So they are so small that they're not showing up in the ratings. Okay. And Nielsen promised that their panel was was sufficient enough size that we'd probably capture some viewership of your small cable networks, including the big one, which is the Weather Channel. And so, yeah, sign the contract. So he signs the contract, and now his, his, his other networks, other than Weather Channel, aren't getting any viewership reported by Nielsen. So he's pissed. He, he's not getting the ratings. And by the way, if you don't have ratings, you can't go sell those networks to the ad agencies. And what he's trying to do is package all his networks together to get big ad buys from the big television ad agencies, and he doesn't have the ratings. And they say, no ratings, no dollars. you got to have ratings. I've had that conversation. I've been told I don't have ratings. I know what that sounds like. Oh, I'd love to buy you, Byron, but there's no ratings. I can't put a, an unrated television network on the buy. And so he's pissed. So he's suing Nielsen for billions. Yeah, I thought, I thought the... Why not? Because I, I millions the aren't damage. enough anymore. you got to use the B word. you got to use the B word to get anybody's attention, apparently, these days. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. I, you know, he rattles a lot of sabers these days, and candidly, he's pissing off his customer base. You know, he sues McDonald's for not spending enough money with him. He sues Nielsen. What's going to make anybody want to work with the guy? Because if you don't agree with him, if your data isn't in line with his expectations, you have a good chance he'll sue you. He's probably going to sue us. We we pick on uh, Next Gen TV quite a bit, but. First, Gannett admits to a major digital screw-up. And, Keith, the thing you and I don't understand is nobody cares. Uh, This is uh, from a story in the Wall Street Journal. Gannett gave advertisers some inaccurate information for how long? Nine months? Yeah, yeah. It was was almost nine months. Yep, yep. And they were... So what they they did... Yeah, go ahead. This is a programmatic screw-up, okay? It wasn't... Uh, somebody wanted to buy an ad in USA Today, and they call the rep at USA Today, and they buy the ad. They did, that wasn't what this was about. This was about there was a glitch that was put into their programmatic buying system where people were making digital programmatic buys but targeting specifically certain assets of Gannett, primarily USA Today and some of their major daily newspapers. And these ads didn't end up where people thought they were buying them. So they thought they were programmatically buying certain markets and certain papers. And the ads ended up somewhere else within the Gannett family, but not the major market or not USA Today, but far from it. A lot of these ads ran on small markets, medium market, you know, newspaper websites that no one knew was happening for nine months until a guy, an independent consultant and uh, a researcher was working with a company called Adalytics, and they were just tra- they did, they did a, st- a study just tracking where these ads were supposed to run and where they ended up running. And it was like, oh my God, they didn't, it wasn't even close. And they said it affected billions of these little ad auctions over the period of nine months. Just stunning. 
Well, and and from what uh, the article said, no agency has asked for details. Nobody's asked for a refund. Nobody's asked for an adjustment. Right. I mean, it it at the end of the day, it's it's you know, you and I were talking about this. Part of it is there is an attitude within digital media where we've placed it, it's run, move on. And then there's the other part of it, which I think is part of it, and that is that there is so much data. They are deluged with data at the agency level that nobody really has a time to parse it. Nobody really has time to evaluate what it is and what it means. And nobody really has time to say, did this make any difference in our sales? They just bundle it up and run another programmatic campaign. So, uh, yeah, we got we got the impressions. We got the CPM. We're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And it's interesting because I uh, uh, a friend of mine handles the uh, digital business for a major uh, car manufacturer, an import manufacturer, and the, his his client was named in the article. And the client calls him up and says, uh, "Oh wow, that happened to us too. Yeah, how much? How much? How much did we spend programmatically with Gannett?" And he said about forty five hundred dollars. And he said, well, what were you going to tell me or whatever about it? And he said, well, I didn't think you, I mean, really, 4500 bucks. I mean, you know, is that worth really making a big stink about? Well, no, that, not really. That, so, but, okay. But, but Keith, that was a factor, is that these billions of ads that were improperly placed were, were spread out over hundreds of advertisers, you know, in all likelihood. Yeah, not and, hundreds, and, 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 and thousands of ads, That's thousands right. of ads. And dozens and dozens of little newspapers. So it's kind of like, oh, well, we got the impressions. We're cool. You know, yeah, we're, we're good cool. to go. No no harm, no foul. We pick on Next Gen TV a lot because we don't <laughs> think there's a there there. And, and Peter Souk, who is the CEO of Nextstar Media, big TV group, 200 right. stations, something like that. He was speaking at a Deutsche Bank conference, and he predicted that NextGen would create $2.5 billion in revenue for Nextstar Media. And, you know, you and I have said this over and over. It's like the entire business waves their hands and says, pay no attention to the man behind the screen. Souk actually acknowledged they don't know what they're going to do with the bandwidth they get on these TV stations with NextGen. They don't know what they're going to do. He said he paralleled it to oil reserves that haven't been tapped, but we know where they are. They're in the ground. But that metaphor just completely collapses. We know what to do with oil. It's worth 100 bucks a barrel right now. We don't yeah, know what yeah. to do with next gen. And the same old trope he brought out, you know, video in car, seriously. Better GPS. Oh, yeah. He said freeing up Ooh. bandwidth for consumer-facing apps. What does that mean? Ooh. And who's oh, going to yeah. pay for it? So, uh, you know, right. it just continues yeah. to be, uh, there isn't a there there. Did you have any further thoughts on this uh, nonsense? Does, does, is the market crying out for all this stuff? And even on the data side, there's massive competitors on, on data and movement of data and, and all that. And it's, and, and it's well entrenched. And so they're trying to crash that party. As Shelley Palmer said, they're, they're, they're trying to show up at the shootout at the OK Corral and the shootouts already happened. I mean, it's like <laughs> you, you missed the party, guys. It's done. And so, uh, you know, this is way late. But however, you know, this I, I hear about this all the time. Television station owners really are concerned about future revenue. You know, their revenue is declining. Their audience is declining. And, and political is not enough to make it up. Okay, it's a lot. 
but it's not enough to make it up long term going forward. So they really have they really are putting all their eggs in this basket and they're going to find something and we're going to hear about it for the rest of our natural born lives, Jackson, about a new and great use and a way to make money out of next gen TV. And it's it just and none of it will really, really do it. But there'll be little success stories and they'll blow up how this market's doing this or this station did that and how great it is. And it's not really going to matter because everything in the ad business will have moved on in terms of the digital side anyway, which is where they want to play. And, you know, we talk about addressable. One of the things they always talk about, we can do addressable advertising. We can target Jackson and Sue over there in Kirkland. And, you know, and we can target Keith in L.A. And, you know, we can do micro-targeting. Well, you know, uh, Bob Hoffman ran, re-ran a great column last weekend about how the fact that the advertising really is about making your brand famous. It's not about micro-targeting. That's not what leads to success. It's about making your brand famous enough where people are always thinking about you and they see you in the shelf or they see you at the gas station or whatever it is and you buy that product because you're well known. And but in the case of a micro-targeting, no one will know. You know right. And when I get right. it, I don't even know what it is I'm getting. So, you know, this whole thing about addressability and micro-targeting is a complete joke. And it's not where a mass medium like television should play. And that's another point that Shelley Palmer made a couple months ago that, you know, that we talked about, is that television should play to its strengths, and that's its mass reach, because nobody else has the mass reach of television. And they don't want to play that. They want to do next gen. Well, and one final point in this uh, little debacle. At, at the conference, he revealed, Suk revealed that, all of their dot channels, you know, 7.2, 7.3, all of these sub-channels that have things like Ozzy and, uh, you know, some of the other uh, pay channels that uh, have, you know, uh, retro TV and that sort of thing on, that all of their dot channels out of 200 stations results in only $80 million a year in revenue. That's $14,000 per channel per year. Uh, you know, chump change, absolute chump change. <laughs> but they've got the bandwidth. They've got the the channels already, and they, all they can do with them is sell them to somebody for a couple of grand a month. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that because I think next gen is going to be a debacle we're going to live through for some time. <laughs> next week, though, Keith, uh, we're hoping to have a further update on the automobile business and the media with all of the craziness going in on the car business, because I think we can get Ed Steenman in for a, a segment. And uh, some further feedback on the iHeart KBB Lead Generation Partnership. So we'll have a kind of a car episode. Oh, coming yes, up the, next old, week. the old the old Kelly Blue Book call center. Yeah. That's right. That's Can't right. wait. <laughs> we drop a new episode each Tuesday and Friday, and Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media, an interim broadcast management company. You can find our podcast on any podcasting platform. Our video with our handsome faces, well, Keith's handsome face, is on the Media Insultant Showcase on Vimeo. Uh, Keith, the weekend's here, so turn on your radio, Classic Hits, K-Earth, or The Wave, uh, whichever is your favorite, uh, you have a good one. Thank you, buddy. I'll be listening to uh, March Madness, you know, on uh, Westwood One. <laughs>